Hey everyone, just a quick note to let you know that I'm still on podcast break, but next week I'll be back with new episodes. I also want to let you know that if you missed the workshop, Build Your Seasonal Self-Care Survival Kit, it was great. We had a fun time and people left feeling really supported by making their own personal menu of self-care practices that will be actually meaningful and help with having more energy and being able to accomplish the stuff that you want to do, the stuff that really matters to you. So if you missed it, you're in luck. The recording is available to buy on the same sliding scale, 10 to $35, and that's up on my website at the very same link that will be in the show notes. So check that out if you need some support this spring season. Now here's the episode. Welcome to the Being a Whole Person podcast. I'm Rebecca Haas, a pianist, composer, and creative wellness coach, and my job is to help you self-compassionately grow your creative practice from a supportive foundation of wellness. This podcast features honest conversations, resources, inspiration, and tangible tips to help you cultivate more balance and ease in your work and life, follow through on your goals without constant hustle, and also feel like a whole person in the process. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 13 of Being a Whole Person. Today is all about rest and why we resist it, even though we need it. Does that sound familiar to you? Even though resting and replenishing are a core part of my message and what I work on with clients, I still find myself resisting it sometimes. There are a lot of reasons for that, which I'll get into, but... It's a weird paradox that we might need rest more and resist it more at the same time. So how do you even know you need rest? The obvious answer would be you're tired, but you don't have to wait till you're tired to rest, which has been a mind-blowing revelation for me as a person who has resisted rest long enough to plunge myself into burnout. So... You know you need rest because you're tired, maybe. But maybe your body is also giving you some messages. Sometimes it's whispering. Like you just have that tense feeling at the back of your neck. You have that little scratch in your throat that you know happens when you feel like you're on the verge of getting sick. Sometimes it's that you find yourself holding your breath a lot while you're working or whatever your little pink flags are. If you're not familiar with me saying pink flags, those are the little tiny signs that come before the red flags, like the bad stuff that's like, hello, you need to rest, you need to stop doing what you're doing. The pink flags are just like the little whispers. And the more that you listen to your body, the more that you'll realize what your pink flags are. But your body will tell you. And noticing is one part. But then actually doing it is another. And feeling like you have permission to actually rest. I know that when you have a lot of commitments, it's not always possible to just clear your calendar and rest for a day. I get that that's not always possible. But some amount is possible. If you don't have the luxury of canceling a whole bunch of things, there's probably still a way you can release some expectations. Maybe you do a smaller version of something 
maybe you just put in 80% effort instead of 100. And if you are an ambitious overworker type person, I bet your 80% is better than most people's 100%. Like if you're aware enough to be worried about it, it's probably okay. Even when you're in the belief that rest is good for you, it is harder than it seems to actually put into practice. I reached some of the worst burnout of my life while taking a class about rest because I was just learning what I should do and not actually doing it. That class was with Mara Glatzel, by the way, who I talk about all the time because she's amazing and the class was amazing, but I was continuing to plow forward even when I was getting more signs than those pink flags. It's really hard to slow down also when you're a person who's interested in a lot of things. And as a person who does creative work, you probably have a lot of different hats that you have to wear with a creative business because that's just how it goes when you work for yourself. You're probably doing the work of like 10 different people and Maybe there's a way to avoid some of that. Maybe there isn't. That's just inherently a challenge. And I'm guessing that if you're interested in a lot of things, you're excited about learning. You're excited about doing a lot of different things. You always have more ideas. And maybe you find it hard to slow down because there's just all this stuff you're excited about. And that's tough too because you don't really want to slow down, but perhaps your energy level is telling you to slow down. Or even if it's not, like, we still need downtime. And that can be overwhelming to have all those things on your plate and all those things, all those ideas that keep coming. But it's also pretty awesome if you don't view it as a source of pressure and stress and give it a little less urgency than it might have had otherwise. Of course, this is a practice. But really, like, no matter how excited we are about anything, It might feel like we can work forever on it, but we just can't work constantly and never stop. That's an unpopular truth. And I don't want to be a downer by saying that to you, because if you embrace that as true, that your energy is going to move in cycles and you can then choose to work with those cycles instead of resisting them. It's very freeing to change your expectations about your energy Because then you don't see it as a failure when you don't have enough energy to do something at night. When you're a morning person, you're like, no, I just don't have a lot of energy at night. And maybe I'll just stop trying to start projects at night because it doesn't work for me. You can shift your perspective from why would I stop working to why would I keep going? It doesn't even mean that you need to make that change immediately or that you need to completely change your behavior because that's not going to be sustainable either. If this idea is new to you, just thinking about it differently is planting a seed and starting that shift for you. Just believing that it's true that you can stop and that it's okay. Give yourself that permission. It's easy to get in this ingrained habit of inertia of always doing things the same way. We get so used to this idea that we have to keep going, that we always need to be doing something. And maybe we're afraid that if we stop, we won't be able to restart again. I know I've had that feeling before. Like if I start resting more, 
I'm just going to want to do that all the time and I'm never going to want to do anything again, which of course that didn't happen. But these fears are real. They don't have to be rational, but they are real. And of course, we get so many external messages that we need to keep doing, 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 that our worth comes from doing, our worth comes from our work. And that could be a whole other podcast too, and kind of has been in my compassionate productivity reframes. I talk more about that. But it's also tough because continuing to do makes us feel like we're in control. And you could argue that we're never really in control. That's a philosophical debate that I'm not going to go fully down that rabbit hole of. But we want to control things because it makes us feel safer. Continuing to push and strive and hustle. We like that because it makes us feel like we're in control of our own destiny. And I'm not saying that we're not in control of our actions or that our actions are not meaningful because they absolutely are. But when we overdo it, we have that control feeling and that makes us feel like we can fully control the outcome. And of course, we can never fully control the outcome. And we know that intellectually, but like I was saying earlier with my class on rest, intellectually knowing something is really different from actually committing to changing a behavior and really making that ingrained. It takes practice like everything. So I get why we continue to work if we want to feel in control and that makes us feel safer, especially right now during a pandemic when so many things feel out of control. It can be a coping mechanism to stay constantly busy too. Susan Shahada, who I mentioned last week and who will be a future guest on the podcast, wrote a great newsletter about this recently that she was avoiding gardening, which is something she really, really loves and is like a a leisure activity for her, she was avoiding it because she was in a trauma response of avoiding something that made her be very present. So that was like the flight response. Or she just felt too exhausted to do it at all, which is the freeze response. And she talks a lot about trauma and the different responses that we have to it. I will link to her work in the show notes because she has so many useful things to say about trauma and about life in general. But maybe this is familiar to you, that you're constantly busy because you don't really like what you hear in your head when you calm down. It gives your brain a chance to realize that you're not satisfied with something in your life, that you're not feeling good enough any number of negative feelings. It can be way easier to just stay busy so you don't have to deal with any of that stuff. And of course, it always catches up to you. I'm not saying that's a good strategy, just that it's a really understandable one. Distraction is more appealing as a coping strategy sometimes. I don't want to vilify distracting yourself either because we can't be fully engaged all the time. It's okay if you feel like you want to numb out or distract yourself. It's just that when there's too much of one thing, it's it can be too much. Having compassion in all of that is really important. But it's interesting because this constant doing and constant hustle does make us feel discomfort because it's making us exhausted. 
that's probably a really familiar discomfort if you're accustomed to overworking and you're a really ambitious person. So oftentimes what we would choose the familiar discomfort over the unfamiliar, like doing something that feels less safe. And working less can feel unsafe if we think that the amount of work we put in is just proportional to what we're going to get out. And I know there are very real concerns with working less if that causes you to make less money. Like that is a very valid and practical financial concern. But then it's also easy to just go down the rabbit hole mentally with that and think, okay, well, if I work less, I'm definitely not going to make enough money and then I'm going to lose my house and then I'm going to be living on the street, etc. You know the stories that your brain tells you about dire situations. They can seem very real, even though they're not real. But like I was saying earlier, it often just feels unsafe because we're feeling less in control. Even though it might be uncomfortable if you're less used to taking more breaks and resting more, we really need that time to pause in order to get the mental space to know what the next best thing is to do or the next project that you want to do or like the next note that you're writing in this composition, the next color you're putting on the paper. If you can't pause enough to have that mental space, then you can't even access your creative power. And I know I have been in states of exhaustion like this, states of burnout, where I didn't really feel like I had much space in my head for anything. And I didn't like that. I didn't feel like myself. And I'm sure you know, when it comes to the creative process, there's a certain amount of surrender to the process. We're not always in control of the process, which if you do creative work, You've probably made peace with that, at least partially. It's not always easy, of course, but I think the same kind of surrender can be applied to how much you want to work and how much you feel comfortable with resting. You're doing the same kind of inward listening. It's just related to a different activity. Can you think of a time when you tried to force the creative process and it just kept not working and not working? And then you took a break, maybe you showed up the next day or you just went and did something else for a little while and all of a sudden, oh, you see exactly what you're supposed to do next and it totally makes sense. That is because our brains need those breaks. It's not just about coming back to try again. It's about starting fresh and what you're doing to replenish your energy in the meantime. Not only does that rest fuel your energy so you have more available for that creative work, but you just have more energy so that you can do the things that are important in your life and enjoy your life because that is really important too, not just your work. I know as a fellow type A ambitious person, it has been very much a process for me to allow rest into my life. But it is a critical part of being a human, and especially being a human who does creative work. It's so easy to compare ourselves to what you see from what other people post on social media, about what they're accomplishing and all of the victories, because people post the shiny stuff, and people don't usually post the, 
I was depressed and I was in bed for a week or the I spent my whole day on the couch because that doesn't seem as shiny, but it is still real and rest is still very much a part of what we need to do to replenish ourselves as humans with energy cycles. So I post a lot about resting because I want to strengthen the idea that it's not only okay, it is preferable to have more rest in our lives. That is why I often post pictures of my cat sleeping because he is my relaxation mentor. He leads by example. He supports my relaxation. Sometimes he physically gets in the way of me working. I think these are all great things that temper that tendency to overwork. So I hope that you feel empowered to take some more time for yourself to rest, whatever that means to you. It doesn't have to mean lying on the couch. It could just mean taking a few deep breaths. Whatever makes you feel replenished counts as rest. It could be something more active that gives you a mental break. There are many types of rest. And you deserve to feel replenished. We all deserve that. And it helps us help each other. So on that note, go take a nap (laughs) or whatever feels good to you. I'm going to go lie down with my relaxation mentor just for a few minutes. And I know that will help replenish me. So I hope that you all have a great week. Until next time, be well. Thanks so much for listening to Being a Whole Person. The music you're hearing right now was written and performed by me, supported by Tim O'Keefe on percussion. If you'd like to take it one step further, you can sign up to get access to my library of worksheets, my favorite tools and resources, and some other fun stuff at coachingforcreativewellness.com resources. And you'll also receive my creative wellness letters via email every Monday. You can find show notes at coachingforcreativewellness.com podcast. See you next time and be kind to yourself. Thank you.